It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Ozman brings us back into Wildcat Insider on News Radio KMAN. I'm Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, and AJ Shaw running our board today. Hey, get your phones ready because uh, here in uh, roughly 12, 13 minutes, maybe a few minutes late, but uh, expected around 520. I'm giving away four tickets to K State men's basketball as their Wednesday night exhibition against Emporia State. So if you want four freebies into the game, get ready to call it about 520 uh, for your chance to win. Uh, coming up also in this hour, we'll look at week twelve, uh, week ten rather in the Big Twelve. Uh, Texas preview coming up at about five twenty-five, five thirty. We'll get set for the uh, the game in Austin, where K State has not won since twenty eleven. K State and the Longhorns meeting up uh, in the Lone Star State, fourth game out of five, five in a row against teams from Texas. But right now, K State's three in a row, three and zero. Uh, against Houston, TCU, and Texas Tech. But the Cats back on the road where they've only won once this year, and that was against Texas Tech. Big tw- uh, K-State Hoops starts this week. Exhibitions, both the men and women are playing one. Uh, the men will host Emporia State, and then the women will be at home uh, this Friday as well. Uh, focusing on the men here, uh, Wyatt, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before uh, this segment started. First of all, we got to get to Naquan Tomlin. Uh, if you haven't heard, it was reported yesterday. Naquan, starting forward for the Cats, uh, was arrested early Sunday morning after, I guess, getting in a fight at Tubby's in Aggieville. So, uh, other than that, we just don't know his status for Wednesday, for the season opener on a week from today against USC. We have not had a a press conference with Jerome Tang. He has not released a statement or anything about it. So right now, just those plans right now, I guess, are up in the air. They're, it's the first time this coaching staff will handle this kind of situation. That's what I was going to just say. I mean, yeah. last year went really pretty well in, in those kind of areas, and, and this one uh, is certainly unfortunate. But what you're looking at is from a year ago, um, and I think certainly Naquan is a better player now than he was last year at this point, but we're talking about ten and a half point six rebound guy that – shot 50% from the floor and 74% from the free throw line and could score a little bit and did a lot of good things. You might remember he had 14 and 6 in the game against FAU. Um, so that's uh, – you just don't like the, that kind of news, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, for me, I'm, I'm excited for the opener, even if it is an exhibition game, just because, you know, you see bits and pieces here. But, but – it's different when you get to see him perform for, for 40 minutes and, and look at all of those different things that you hope they're doing this and maybe you, you hope you see that kind of thing. I think there'll be some excitement in the building 
come Wednesday night. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I you know, and I forgot to look it up before we came on air, but I was gonna just kinda look at the ticket sales and I like looking at what you know, how many green dots are left. Uh, at the at the K State Sports website to see the ticket sales, and I mean they've already sold out five games mm-hmm. for this season, and uh, certainly more to come, especially the weekend games. And you hope a lot of the uh, a lot of people show up for the non-con games. And Coach Ting was talking about that in preseason uh, not too long ago at the at Big Twelve Media Day, and even before that, that he wants to have everybody show up to every game. And I mean that's easier said than done. We got a lot of people out from Western Kansas and from hours away that come to these conference games and have season tickets, but. You're right. I, I hope to see bigger crowds and packed house every night out. But this first one out, again, we don't know about Inquan Tomlin, but the rest of the team will be uh, will be suited up and ready to go for the most part. It's, unless it's like an injury we don't know about, but I don't I haven't heard of anything. No, I, I think everything's ready to go uh, from that perspective. I you know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of different things from an individual side. As an example. You know, you you have a, a a guy like David Gasson and and Cam Carter who were here last year and went through, you know, lots of things and and I think both of those guys are poised to to have nice seasons and then, I think we're all excited about Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry and what they bring with with quite a bit of experience. And you think about it, Kaluma's played almost seventy career games and Tyler Perry. <laughs> has been around a long time too. And he's a winner. He, he is winners. a winner. Yeah, and and Tyler's such a fine shooter, and Arthur can you know do a lot of things. He uh, and he's a pretty good shooter too. But and then those freshmen, you know, I, I guess maybe I'll back up there. I, I want to see too. What are we going to see out of like a Jarrell Colbert and, and a Taj Manning and you know those types of guys? But then those freshmen too, um, you know, Day Day Ames and R.J. Jones and and Michaela Buddy Rich that. You know, I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. I know they've had the trip to Israel, which helped. I know they had the scrimmage against SMU. All of those things count and matter. Uh, but but again, this is still a, a group that's pretty new playing together. So there may be some. Last year's team struggled early with with turnovers, and as, as an example, but uh, I, I think this team will grow and. Uh, hope, hopefully uh, things will be good. They, I'm, I'm excited about it. They, they got some good athletes, man. Good, good players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and the word on the street was, you know, in case they played that secret scrimmage or whatever against SMU and, and they lost, and I guess turnovers were a bit of an issue as well. Well, if you haven't heard, uh, USC played a secret scrimmage as well against San Francisco and they lost um, their game. So, um, but with the exhibition, you, you mentioned a couple of guys there that I am interested to see. You know how much better they are. David Gasson is one of them. You know, Cam Carter is, I think, the top guy on the list of who you want to see improve more. And, and, you know, just bouncing off of what a Coach Tang said earlier, and that is, all right, he was a more of a role player la- last year. Now let's see how much bigger he can be as a team leader. And a guy that cannot be just more of a role, he can be more of an impact type of guy, and he can be one of the true leaders on the team. I mean, once again, you have Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma. They're going to be the replacements for Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Keontae is uh, now in the NBA, and so is Marquise Noel for now. But, you know, Cam Carter, how does he grow now in his second year in the program? He's going to be a starter. He's going to be a shooting guard. He might mix it up as well as maybe not so much the point, but he's going to be more relied on to be more of a scorer, more of a leader. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I, I will say this about Cam. I think he's worked really, really hard uh, from the end of last season to the beginning of this one 
to be a better player in virtually every way. Uh, I know he spent a lot of time in the gym on his shot and working on, you know, that's it, it's really easy to work on the things you're good at. It, it's a little bit harder <laughs> uh, to, to work on things that maybe you need improvement on, but he has done that. He's done both. Uh, and I, I, I'm anxious to see, you know, and not just on Wednesday night, but moving forward what he brings because he's a really good athlete. Um, and, and I think he wants to, to help in the leadership role with this team. And we'll see how that plays out because he, he's, he's got some game, let's say that. Yeah, the freshmen, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of them. Again, don't know how much they're going to play, but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm also particular oh, – I'm interested to see the center position because remember the, 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 the exhibition last year, who actually got the most oohs and ahs from the crowd – Jarrell Colbert. That's right. It's because he had like four blocks in five minutes. I was like, holy cow, where has this yeah. guy been? How is he not in the game already? And then we didn't see him for the rest of the year, and he redshirts. Right. Um, but now, you know, Abayami Igiola is gone. There's more of a role backup spot available at the center position, you would think, potentially. Uh, does Jarrell Colbert or Will McNair grab that spot? I'm interested to see how much those guys play. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, that's the great part about this. There are so many, you know, moving parts with this group. And those two guys both bring some interesting things to the table. Um, I, I think in Will, lots of experience, not a big scorer, but but has the ability to be, I think, a, a decent defender. And uh, I, I think he'll play really, really hard. Um, he posts hard. I do know that. <laughs> Um, and, and then I think with Jarrell, he's, he's such a, a fine athlete. Um, I, I hope that he gets off to a good start. I think he needs that for his confidence. And, and if he does, who knows what lies ahead? Because he's, he, you know, I mean, he's 6'10 and 235. He can run, uh, shoots the ball you know, uh, at a decent clip. So he, he's got some things that he brings to the floor. That's, that's, that's a fact. But going back, he was expected to be, you know, the tr- guys that came into the transfer portal, the top two players in the portal for K-State, who d- once again did a, a very fantastic job in the portal, um, goes back to Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry. <laughs> Tyler got uh, some pretty big praise from uh, Coach Tang during Big t- Big 12 Media Day, saying he could be the best shooter in the nation. Well, he potentially could. I mean, he just played back-to-back years in North Texas and shot the three ball, what, 41-42% consistently in two years. He was well, Conference a, USA Player of the Year. Yeah, he's forty-one percent from three for his career. He's made a hundred and eighty-four threes in his in his college basketball career. So it isn't the only thing he can do. But that, but he, by nature, I think what I would say is, is Tyler's just a scorer. Okay, he he shoots the ball exceptionally well, but he just has that innate ability to find a way to score. <laughs> And he likes doing it. And um, it, it'll be interesting for him, too, from my perspective, because he has played in a system uh, at North Texas that was a little bit slower and, you know, uh, fewer possession kind of games. K-State wants to play a little bit faster, but I think he'll be up for that. I, I'm anxious to see how he goes, too. And then I, I don't think we've even mentioned this name yet, but Quez Glover, mm-hmm. who was one of the later additions out of the transfer portal, who, you know, he had offers from Indiana, Illinois, Big Ten schools were wanting him, but he picked K-State. Uh, and I think it was back in August when he picked the Cats, but third commit out of the portal. Last year, he only played in 19 games because he's coming off an injury. He had a knee injury in November 
um, of last year, but he finished averaging 15 points. He was much better. He hasn't been in his career a great three-point shooter, but last year he took a huge step and was 38% from three. So I'm also very interested because he's going to be a huge part of the depth that Case had as the guard position. I mean, can he be an energy guy like a Desi Sills last year? I don't know yet, but he was a part of a Furman team um, or Sanford team that was, I would say, just as good, maybe even sometimes better than Furman, a team that beat Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. This guy was second team All-Southern Conference last year, and you mentioned the 38% from threes. Uh, and, and I think he's just, you know, pretty typical, um, probably point guard kind of guy because he, he handles the, the ball really well, plays hard. Um, I, I think the fans will like Quez. He, he's a very interesting personality guy. Um, and I, I, I like what I've seen from him so far. He, he will compete. I think that's the best thing I can say. He, he brings some things to the table up and above and beyond that. But he likes to play the game, man. Well, once again, we have um, – did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I was just going to say that game against Furman on the 25th of February, 27 points in 32 minutes, shot 62% from the field. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. I mean, he you're talking about – games last year with 20-plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he. you're talking about Furman, who, again, they were two, the two best teams in their conference last year. Um, Furman beat Virginia in the opening round of the NCAA tournament last year. Obviously, Sanford didn't get in because they didn't win their – their conference tournament, but he was a key player on a very good Sanford team that maybe just didn't get enough respect because they didn't win and get into the NCAA tournament. But a lot of depth. It's a lot about depth with this team. It's not so much, all right, you have Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson who are going to be All-American stars. Maybe not, you know, could there be some All-American talent? It's kind of hard to predict right now. And even going into last year, you maybe didn't predict it would be All-American type of seasons for two players on one team. But there are a ton of guys on this team that could earn playing time. But when you're a good basketball team, it's not about bringing in 10 guys a game. It's more maybe later down the road, getting you know narrowing that roster down and the rotation down to seven or eight guys because the best teams that's what they do. Sure, and it might even be eight or nine guys because this this group is a little bit more um, talented that way. Everybody kind of brings something to the table. For me, it's all about uh, you know <laughs> getting them all on the same page and and playing the way Coach Tang and his staff want them to go, and that's that's the growing pains I was talking about with you know the turnovers and those kind of things. Learning, you know, it's it's it, it's hard to just show up and 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 be pretty fine and quality with with guys that you haven't played a whole lot with, and that's <clears throat> excuse me, that's why these early games are so important. All right. Well, like I said, uh, I said at the beginning of the segment, we're giving away some tickets, so we're gonna go. We're gonna do that right now as we head into break. Uh, I, I'm looking at the tickets right now. Wyatt can uh, back me up here. He can second this. I got them right in my hand. K-State men's basketball tickets for this Wednesday in two days. Exhibition play against Emporia State. If you want four tickets to that game, I'm going to give them away right now. 537-1350 is the number. I'm going to take caller number three. Caller number three right now is winning four tickets to K-State against Emporia State uh, on Wednesday night. We're going to take a break. Looking for caller three, 537-1350. For football, we preview Texas next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Cheesy song, but I like it. I think it's by Baltimore. I think that's the name of the group. Anyway, welcome back to Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner. Voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, AJ Shaw, man in the phones. We got our winner, Brad, is the winner. He got four tickets uh, to the exhibition game for the K-State men uh, as they take on Emporia State, 7 o'clock Wednesday night. So congratulations to Brad. And as I was telling the callers uh, that didn't win, I, I I picked a pretty early caller. So if you if you were one or two, I felt bad for you because that was your shot. Sure. But we, we we in our office, we literally have a stack of tickets to give away. So... I think we have four tickets every game. Nice. So, um, we won't give them all away on the game. We'll give some away on the morning show. It's just about, you know, tuning into K-Man. There you go. Listening to some good old radio and uh, <laughs> just wait for your chance to, to win some tickets. Um, all right. So back to football. We mentioned this in the first hour. There's right now a four-way tie. Thanks. You know, you're not going to hear this too often from me. But thanks to Kansas, the KU Jayhawks, there's now a four-way tie or five-way tie for first place, and the Cats now control its own destiny after they were needing uh, a loss to Oklahoma for Oklahoma State in case Oklahoma ran the table. You've and, got Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, all four and one. How about that? I never would have guessed. <laughs> you know, respect to Gundy. Maybe I should have been more respectful towards his tenure, his work. And able to rebound after maybe some sloppy starts. It's happened before, uh, especially after the loss to South Alabama. Good Lord. But ever since that and their loss to Iowa State, which, you know, that was expected to be a real, you know, a, a game between two pretty crappy teams. And now look, they're top of the Big 12. Do me a favor and look up South Alabama real quick and what their record is because I would profess to you that I think they are better than it, – it's. I've used this a lot of times over the years. Bad name, good team. Well, they're actually four and four. Yeah. They uh, ever since they beat Oklahoma State, they lost two in a row to Central Michigan and James Madison. James Madison Both top twenty five. Yep. Um, they beat Monroe, beat Southern Miss, and they just lost. On Saturday to the Raging Cajuns. Did they really? Of Louisiana. I did not. Uh, that one got by me. I, didn't I think that one's that. a tough loss. Oh, if, for if sure. If you're South Alabama, that's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. It, it, the point is, though, is that they outplayed Oklahoma State that night, and OSU then, of course, went to, to Ames, did not win. So their, their fan base was like on fire, too. And the season was over. The world was ending as we know it. And now look at it today. They're the greatest thing on the planet in Oklahoma. <laughs> and that that's sports. That's why we love it, right? You gotta give them a lot of credit for bouncing back. And I you know, when when you look at those teams and, and you throw those next two teams that are three and two in there with Kansas and West Virginia, 
How much difference is there really in those top seven-ish teams? Not a ton. Well, see, it's it's so. Now, we- I think most people would. You tell me if you agree with this. Sure. Most people would probably say that Texas has the most talent of all of those teams. Would you think that's legitimate? I I think probably so. Yeah, just natural athletic talent. Yeah. Yes. It's all, size. I mean, it's all four yeah. and five star guys, and and Oklahoma to maybe a little bit of a lesser degree. This. Probably not that much different. I think there'd be a lot of people say that Oklahoma, even though they were undefeated, seven and zero heading into Lawrence, a bit fraudulent. Like you know UCF, they nearly lost that game, and then they lose at Kansas. Like I think a lot of people would say, and maybe it's like a little bit of hindsight or whatever, but uh, that, that they would say that it, Oklahoma had it coming. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, I think they put. This is just one guy's opinion, but I think they invested so much into the Texas game. And if you remember, I told you that after after the Oklahoma-Texas game that I still thought Texas had the better team. Oklahoma was just, and I'm holding my thumb and my index finger about an inch apart, saying there was about that much difference between them that day, and Oklahoma was just a tiny bit better. But let's throw that, let's throw those two in a neutral site thing and see what happens could be pretty interesting so as we look at the texas game that's a big noon kickoff 11 a.m this saturday there you televised go. on fox pregame coverage here on cayman begins at seven in the morning with power cat game day we got to talk quarterbacks for both teams yep. let's first talk about k-state we didn't really talk about this in the first hour will came in for the first two drives two touchdowns avery johnson Kim comes in for the third drive the second plays a fumble it was another botched handoff i guess uh and then this time it was recovered by the away team well, we don't see Avery for the rest of the game until it's absolute garbage time. Fourth quarter, Avery gets two more drives, scores a touchdown on one of them. Sure. Good for him. Um, I mean, is it fair to say that now with the Texas game here that it's the Will Howard show once again? And the only chances we'll see Avery is if, okay, we mix it up maybe a little bit, give him a run or something, or somehow k gets a blowout? It's a really good question. Haven't been asked it quite like that. And that that blunt. I mean, it's just it's because of the way things played out against right Houston. Well, we we said earlier in the show that you could make an argument that Will's best game uh, this season was last weekend. So I understand the question and the thought. I still would say that even even with last weekend, not anything really has has swayed or changed with the coaches. That's not how they operate. I think they feel like they can win with both guys. I think they realize that they have a special talent in Avery Johnson, and they're going to continue to give him opportunities when it presents itself. Does that mean we'll see similar action from what we saw this weekend in Austin? Possible. Could we see Avery maybe be in on that second or third series? Possible. I don't know what the right answer is, but I think it's going to – my point is is it's probably going to be feel – and how is Will doing? Would you agree? Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I've had this conversation with multiple people here on the air or, yeah. you know, just on personal conversations. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say that they're ready to try Avery out as starting quarterback. I've never quite been there yet. I well, haven't put myself there yet. It's just. I think there were a lot of people in that corner for a while. And, and you know, as this has played, you know, you've seen a few mistakes and you should. He's 
just a handful of games into his career. And I, I, I just love Avery on every level because he's done everything up and above and beyond what you'd ask. He's multi-talented, but he's a great young man. Uh, but I think even he would say that, you know, there have been some mistakes and I've got to work and get better at it. But that doesn't mean that I, I think anything has changed. I, I still think they realize what they have and will give him some opportunities. I just don't know how that will play in that environment with those two teams matched up because I think if I'm being a thousand percent honest here, I think it's all about matchups. Right, okay. and if you look at Texas, they're a hard team to run against and a little easier to throw against. Fair assessment. Well, you want to start with their defense. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a pretty good transition to me about sure. their defense. We'll get to their, you know, Malik Murphy here in just a little bit, but yeah, I, I think what you have to look at with their defense, their their numbers are pretty similar to K State in terms of what they're giving up yards per play, yards per rush points per game, all of those kind of things. Um, for me, the the real key here is just the size and the athleticism. But that's kind of what we say every year. They have a guy in the middle, number 93, Tavandre Sweat. Most people that follow the league know that the guy is is like moving, you know, an F-250 truck <laughs> or something similar to that. I don't know that they necessarily have what I would describe as I'm trying to think of a couple of guys that they've had in recent times. I don't know that that would just you go wow. I I think they have a, a guy in Jalen Ford, their middle linebacker, who's really terrific player. Uh, I think Tavandre Sweat's a terrific player. I my I personally like um, the Baron kid at their star position. He just is all over the field. But and and again, they can run and they're deep. They play a lot of guys, but. Really, I think they're similar to K-State, to be honest, uh, defensively. Um, but they can run, and they're, they're, they're big. They're big up front, hard to move. We'll see how it plays. I was just right now just looking at the um... – you know, just the conference only stats and just yep. looking at Texas as a team. I mean, scoring wise, you got the two best scoring defenses in Big Twelve play. Correct. Playing against each other. They're both averaging just giving up sixteen point eight uh points per game. And then they're pretty close to each other on offense when it comes to scoring points. KC averaging thirty seven a game and Texas is averaging thirty five a game. I mean, I, I think you're right. And maybe there's even more similarities on offense as well. Uh, you know, K State's been the best rushing offense in the Big Twelve. But Texas isn't – well, they're, they're a little far behind. I mean, they're over 50 yards behind, but they might have the best runner in the Big 12, is, is kind of funny how that sounds in Jonathan Brooks. Well, he's really good. And and this is a season after they lost not only Bijan Robinson, who was special, but also Roshan Johnson. This kid has been terrific. I mean, he's closing in on 1,000 yards here pretty pretty quickly. Um dynamic guy both running and and uh, receiving um the first couple of games of the year they started cj baxter a true freshman from from florida but since then it's been brooks and, and the, the breakdown in carries 144 brooks 59 baxter so it's pretty much one and two there not one and one a right i mean that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what it what it is but you see a little bit of keelan robinson and Jadon blue and some other guys but jonathan brooks is the guy and I think he's especially going to be the guy with number six at quarterback, and not, 
and, and not Quinn Ewers. To me, that's uh, we were talking about the quarterbacks, and as you rotate back to that, um, they're a little different animal, and and everybody would see that with Malik Murphy as opposed to Ewers. Ewers was playing quite well. That's a big blow for them to not have him in a game like this. Well, Malik Murphy, I mean, he is now he had his first career start against BYU, and I kind of talked about him in the first hour, but um, I'll just kind of repeat what I said earlier, and that is. You know, watch him against BYU in his first career start. He's a redshirt freshman. He's still a young guy, uh, not really a run threat, um, especially now that he's a back, he's a backup quarterback. You're not going to really run the football with the quarterback when you're already at a backup. Um, but I, I wasn't crazy impressed by his play. He seemed like a nervous guy out there. Some bad footballs. He threw some floaters. He had a couple of turnovers. Um, but at the same time, like I'm glad he already got his first start out of the way. Still managed you know? the game though. And I think that's the thing. They they kind of they pretty much overwhelmed uh, BYU because BYU just can't really run the ball very much, and it puts a lot of pressure on Keaton Slovis. And and honestly, it was <laughs> Texas jumped on them early, uh, and and sometimes that happens when you're on the road. That, we've seen that from all the newbie teams in the league so far, right? But I just wanted to point out, you know, how well yours was playing. Okay. His efficiency through seven games was 163.7. He's thrown for 1,915 yards, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. His completion percentage is 70.9. So he was playing at a pretty high level. He, I'll remind you at this point, he was 31 out of 35 in that lost Oklahoma. They didn't lose the game because of him. Okay? Mm-hmm. He, he's pretty dang good. So it's a significant thing that he's not in there. With that said, you made some good points on Malik Murphy. Common sense would say he'll probably be a little bit better in game two than game one. There's still part of me that thinks, what what would it take for Sark to say, let's give Arch Manning a couple of series, see what happens. I don't know that they will or won't, but don't you think about it a little bit? A little bit, like, hey, K-State, you'll play two quarterbacks, we can play two quarterbacks. <laughs> if you think you can be tricky, we can be tricky. Sure. I, I mean... I, I I don't know that he will, uh, and I think he would. You know, the old the old saying used to be, well, and they want to redshirt him and you couldn't play him at all. Well, that's not the case now. They could play him in four games plus a bowl and still have four full years to compete. But... I think they'll stick with Murphy and try to run the ball. Not that they won't take their shots. That's the thing, too. you got to respect uh, Murphy's abilities as a runner and a thrower. He was a pretty highly decorated uh, player, and he can spin the ball out there a little bit, and, and the, the, the concern would be a couple of those guys that can go get it. Mm-hmm. Adnai Mitchell is a transfer from Georgia. He was my and he's pick. he's really good. Yeah, he was my pick for newcomer of the year in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and and obviously Xavier Worthy's, whew, way good. Five hundred seventy-two yards and four touchdowns. Actually, Mitchell actually leads the team in touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I I think Mitchell has tell you what Mitchell has kind of taken over some of the numbers for Jordan Whittington. I don't think Whittington even had a catch this past weekend. Now that doesn't mean he's still not good, and he'll he'll, you know, he's a handful too. 
but they also have a terrific tight end in Jatavion Sanders. So they're they're not that <laughs> they have lots of options. Well, I think you know what we've seen from K State grow offensively is just the depth grow when it comes to who can run the football and who can go out there and and catch the football. Sure, we've seen that depth grow in the last couple of weeks. We saw the emergence of Garrett Oakley. He's now you know, a pretty reliable guy at tight end. At Ben Sennett's tied up. It's harder to get the ball to Ben Sennett now this year. He's getting more double teams or more locked in on him. Um, but K-State's going to have to throw the ball to win this game. You know, Texas has been so good at stopping the run. I think K-State still will attack with the run, but it's going to be really hard to go out there and have a really good day against that Texas run defense. So Kate it's going to have to be successful in throwing the football. Sometimes you do have to throw the ball to be able to run the ball. And yeah. I think that might be what you're saying here. And and I could see that you know maybe being the case. Now, if K-State's good enough to just line up and and run it at him and I know I don't mean not throw it at all, but you know you, you come out there in the, the first run you get 3 or 4 or 5 yards or you get 6 or 7 yards, okay? Um I think you have to be – I don't want to say this. You're probably going to want to to have some movement and, and work. They're hard to run against side to side because of their speed, but you still have to do and be who you are. And, and that some of that is what K-State is. But K-State's really, really good at giving a lot of different looks in the run game, okay? My question in that would be, are they going to try to establish the pass early on to take a little bit of pressure off trying to move that front, or will they just test it right off, right out of the gate? Don't have a real feel for that yet, um, and, and maybe you won't until game time. We'll see. I think K State matches up with them okay. It, it isn't. It's like everybody else. You know, they have such great size and athleticism, but K State plays hard and they're playing well and confident right now. That I, I, I'm fully convinced that they. They will play fine, play well, and, well, and have a chance. You know, it's funny because coming into the year, we felt like, at least I did, that these two teams were very similar when it came to preseason storylines mm-hmm. and who were they replacing. Where you're looking at the same positions, who they had coming back, who's some of the best talent coming back. You're looking at the same positions, offensive line. Um, you're talking about two of the best offensive lines in the country. Quarterbacks, offensive line. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But honestly, I mean, statistically, I mean, I think you would look at K-State maybe being the better offensive line heading into this game. The thing is, with Quinn Ewers not playing and it's Malik Murphy, you feel like this is a much more winnable game. If it was Quinn Ewers going in, you know, it's it, it feels like it's a lot tougher. But at the same time, when you where, where Texas is on schedule, Game number nine, you're two-thirds of the way through the schedule. If this game was three weeks ago, I'm freaking out. I'm not sure about this game. <laughs> but what K-State has done in the last three weeks, how much better they've gotten on both sides of the football, how much their depth has grown off on offense, this Texas game has come at the right time. Mm-hmm. This is just my opinion. The right time to go to Austin and go get a victory. I'm anxious to see they're going to have a big crowd. They may even sell out, um, but the cats are in town, of course. But I'm, I'm just. There are harder places to play, you know. It's, it's not like it's all that massively intimidating, and I, I think they respect Texas in terms of what they are um, as a football team and how well they're coached and all those kind of things. But I also think that 
this this team is going to go in there and feel like they belong. Let's go show them, right? And I think, why not? You really don't have much to lose, honestly. I mean, most most everybody's going to talk all week about you know Texas is more talented, they're talented, they're home. Yeah, you have to pretty much take them to win the game, and I understand that. Well, see, that's interesting because you know if you were to ask just the casual fan in the Big Twelve, you know, this might be. You know, K-State might be the last team on their schedule to beat them. Maybe. They, they have TCU on the road. Yeah. They'll have Texas Tech at home. And then right in the middle of that is a weird road trip to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's been a kind of a season wrecker in those late November games at home against Big 12 teams. So sure. you never know, but you know, K-State right now is going to go try to do the Big 12 a favor and try to knock Texas out of the Big 12 championship game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would truth. be amazing. Yes, sir. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, and again, the Cats and Longhorns will kick off at 11 a.m. from uh, Austin. Be a big noon kickoff. Gus, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft, they'll be on the call. Uh, but, of course, listen right here on K-Man for the broadcast with Wyatt, Stan, and Matt on the broadcast and uh, Power K Game Day 7 in the morning. We'll take a break. Week 10 in the Big 12 when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, again, like K-State and Texas, very pivotal for Big 12 championship game implications, even though we're just now halfway through the conference slate. Everybody's got four games left. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma it, it, Oklahoma State's as hot as anybody. Oklahoma is coming off a road loss at Kansas, and now they're going to Bedlam. The line is Oklahoma six points. If I was betting on this, I am O-State. Cowboys all day on that line. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I'm i like you. Oklahoma State is playing really, really well. And and there's lots of emotion in this one because it's it's Bedlam, but it's also maybe the last one for for the foreseeable That's future true. for sure. Yeah. I'm anxious to see Oklahoma's response to last weekend in Lawrence. And how will they be as excited to play in Stillwater as they were in Dallas against Texas? If they are, I think you have to look at it like they've got a shot. But 
that's why we're going to watch, right? We don't know all of the answers to those, and I think you've got two pretty good football teams going at it here. That's going to be fun, fun, fun. I'd I'd pay to watch that game in Stillwater, wouldn't you? Well, it's funny that you brought that up because the cheapest ticket on a secondary site is $355. Well, maybe I'd ask Tunsey for a press pass or something. Yeah. <laughs> you got connections, don't you? You know some folks in Stillwater. Uh, Usually on all games except maybe this one. It might be a little tougher to get one here. My my question about Oklahoma is there. I don't know how banged up Oklahoma State is. You know, this time of year, guys are banged up. It happens. It's it's part of the game. Oklahoma's banged up. Danny yeah. Stutzman not, might not play, uh, and he's one of their best players. You mentioned Canick earlier that w- was injured. He did come back in, but I don't. He, he, there's no way he's 100. percent Jaleel Farouk did not play against Kansas. He, he's their best wide receiver. Correct. That's another reason why I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm going Ollie Gordon. Sure, Ollie all the way. Well, Ollie's been a dude. He's already at over a thousand yards. Yeah, and he's only—I mean, he's only like truly played as the number one guy since K-State game. That's truth. So you're talking about the last four games, mm-hmm. and yeah. he has racked up nearly all of his 1,087 yards in the last four games. Yeah, quite interesting game. And, and again, the emotion games. of this with the with the last one—can't um, even imagine. But the state of Oklahoma has got to be pretty pumped about this one well i'm glad for oklahoma state the last one is in stillwater stillwater sure because that's not a series that they have exactly done well in the last few years well and you can say uh, well, that about last, most everybody yeah yeah but we're really the last two decades um and then the other one I, I wanted to make sure to get to is then what would follow that at six o'clock on espn is number 22 ku at iowa state iowa state's tied for first ku is uh you know a game back but now you're talking about two teams that People thought, well, maybe five hundred or best, maybe seven and five. Oklahoma or Iowa State probably won't get to a bowl game. Now this is Big Twelve championship game implications. Iowa State will be hosting this game though. What's the line? Uh, Iowa State two and a half. Two and a half. So it's basically a pick 'em. They're getting the edge because they're at home. Yeah, probably. Yeah, home home site. Uh, I get that. Iowa State and a, and a night game too at Jack Trice is always quite unique. I'm sure Iowa State will wear their traditional colors black. That was my little dig at them. Right yeah, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> I, I I don't quite get that, but they are hard to beat there at night. You remember last year, K State won there ten to nine. Yeah, that was hard, and and I think KU's got a really good offense. I'm anxious to see that game from that perspective. KU's offense against their defense. Um, the game may be decided the other way. How much can Rocco Beck do against Kansas? And and you know all those other guys, Jalen Noel and those running backs, but. That should be a heck of a good game to watch. And then the other game's just going to rattle them off here real quick as we just got about a minute left here on the show. Um, Houston at Baylor, 2.30 on ESPN+. Baylor a four-point favorite. And again, unfortunately, these are games that people probably won't care about too much. UCF at Cincinnati is also at 2.30 on FS1. Then BYU at West Virginia. That is an Eastern time kick of 7 o'clock in Morgantown. So that's going to be a cold, late one uh, for BYU and West Virginia. But... White, that's going to wrap up another edition of Wildcat Insider. We'll see you actually tomorrow and then Wednesday for the the K-State exhibition. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week, man. Looking forward to it. It's overlap time for K-State football and basketball, but that's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. We'll be back for another two hours of the game tomorrow afternoon from 4 to 6. For AJ, Wyatt, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.